0: All right, Luke, this episode is brought to you by Rogue Warfare, Death of a Nation, streaming now on Redbox On Demand. William Lee and Stephen Lang return for the final chapter in an action-packed trilogy.
1: Ooh, so this sounds like the Return of the Jedi of, of the Rogue Trilogy. Oh
0: yeah, this is Return of the Jedi of the Rogue Warfare Trilogy and uh yeah what else is uh what else can I've got a log there?
1: line to shoot at bat, right back at you yeah. it's uh when a deadly bomb is set to detonate the team must race against time to disarm it and defeat their enemy
0: man that, and it's that sounds intense
1: so definitely sticking it sticks to classic movie uh movie conflict if you ask me
0: yes it yes anyone can relate it's a it's a deadly bomb that's set to detonate. Detonate, and the team must race against time to disarm it. You know that's. Uh, yeah, I I still haven't
1: come. It's not clear to me whether when they mean race against time, it's time travels involved, or it just means that there's a clock on the bomb.
0: But if I know, I think that's what it. If I know anything the about basic. the Rogue Warfare trilogy, it's that anything can happen, and you never know what's around the corner. So. You can stream *Rogue Warfare: Nation instantly on your smart TV, your favorite device, with the Redbox app today.
1: And also, if you're if you're over the age of 17, and you like to, you know, let loose, drink some soda pops, and watch a Redbox movie during this tough uh, time with COVID-19, this movie will definitely get your your blood flowing because it is rated R from Paramount Pictures.
0: But, uh, but, Luke, hey, let's tell, let's tell the, the people a little bit more about this. Uh, All right, yeah, details, please. The third movie of this trilogy. Um, like, like I said, William Lee and Stephen Lang return for what is the final chapter in this action-packed trilogy. Uh, and after rescuing Daniel, played by Lee, from the terrorist Black Mask organization, the team uncovers plans for a deadly bomb set to detonate in 36 hours that threatens world order. Now, I I don't know if this is an alternative timeline because we definitely don't have world order right now. (laughs) So maybe this takes place in the future or in the past. Who knows? (laughs) But with no time to recover, Daniel must throw his life back on the line as he and his elite team of soldiers race against time to find the bomb and defeat their enemy once and for all. Outnumbered and overmatched, each soldier must find their inner strength and skill to overcome insurmountable odds. Wow.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think during a tough time of today, it's, you know, we need movies uh, like this where you're, where they're, you know, anxiety provoking with a bomb ticking down and you're just ex- looking for a typical hero to uh, save the day, a, specifically a typical American hero. Yes. Um, also, I will say that if you played call of duty in high school this might be the movie for you because it the cover looks just like a call of duty game
0: yes very much so and the exciting thing about this is that we are giving away not one not two not three not four but five digital codes that you can watch rogue warfare for free and uh once again this movie has Stephen lang william lee in it Uh, It's got some other pretty good resumes on here. It's It's got some Hollywood crew members. It's got uh, John T. Connor as the DP.
1: He has been a wide worker in the camera and electrical department. Uh, He's also directed a couple films. He's mainly worked, and most notably, on Sylvester Stallone's and Wesley Snipes' Demolition Man, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, and then um, Ryan Johnson's Looper. So he's he's been around. Uh, so this movie's yeah. in good technical hands. If that's what you're looking for as well,
0: some of the biggest action movies of the past thirty or so years.
1: Also, it was edited by Scott Conrad, who edited Rocky back in the day, and he's come all this way for the finale of uh, rogue warfare
0: yeah what a, what a great person to, to edit the final uh the final movie of this trilogy and what are the other movies in this trilogy i think okay so if, if you haven't seen the other movies in the trilogy then you got to go check out rogue warfare the original rogue warfare the hunt which is the second of the trilogy and then now uh, if you follow us on Instagram and like our post that we'll post about it after this episode comes out, you'll be entered to win a digital code to watch Rogue Warfare, Death of a Nation, the third one, for free.
1: All right. Just to clear it up for you guys. Yes. But we will be giving away these codes sometime this week.
0: This week, yeah. So yeah. Uh, right after this episode comes out, we'll uh, we'll post... Um, You'll, you'll see a post about it. It'll have the the movies poster on it. And once again, if you just follow us on Instagram, like the post, you'll automatically be entered to win. We'll notify the winners and uh, we'll DM you your codes if you want. We'll
1: slide into the DMs with the codes. We'll
0: slide into those DMs with your yep. codes. So this is great escapism that we need right now. Uh, escape into this action-packed yeah, world of for rogue sure. warfare. And uh, yeah. I don't know about
1: you. This feels very much like a great movie to have a giant pizza around. Oh yeah, and a nice six pack,
0: and you just go crazy um, watching this movie. Uh, give me some pizza, some microwavable popcorn, and yeah, and, and a six pack of, of some cold brewskis and and I'll watch this. Escape for a little while. I watch this literally all day. You, yeah, you can watch it multiple times with your with your digital code. So yeah, go ahead and do that. Forget about the election for a little bit. Forget about the pandemic for a little bit. Forget about. Well, don't forget about police brutality and uh, and and, and also <laughs> and Black Lives Matter. Just keep that on top of your mind while watching this. But forget about the <laughs> other noise and yeah and just indulge yourself what what
1: about us though like side note do we get to watch this movie
0: yeah we'll get to, yeah we'll get to watch this too maybe we'll maybe we'll uh you know we'll give our our thoughts on it too after we've sent out the codes and uh and our winners have been able to see it uh yeah maybe you know maybe we'll we'll check it out ourselves and, and get to talk a little bit about it too so all right yeah. I think that's uh I think that's good. There's your your plug for Rogue Warfare. Follow on Instagram at Cinnabums, uh, and and like the post uh, when it's posted. Yeah, and, and also day. we
1: are willing we are willing to pick favorites in this. Uh, so if you show us love, you know yeah. we'll we might throw a code your way. We I don't know.
0: Luke and I are picking these winners personally ourselves. So if you leave yeah. us a great review on on the on Apple Podcasts. Uh, google play wherever wherever you can leave a review leave us a nice comment on instagram or youtube mm-hmm. then you know what well, maybe we'll uh we'll sprinkle a little love your way and send you a code so uh yeah there we're, we're definitely open to uh any sort of um uh nice internet bribery so yeah <laughs>
1: September Monday. movie bender episode of uh, September, And, and actually uh, Mine's going to be a little bit of August uh, As well, John Ooh. In fact, almost all of August uh, <laughs> That we haven't talked about uh, Already on the podcast
0: Wow, yeah I, I I might dip into my August Diary too mm-hmm. um, Cause I, yeah, I've got some in there Yeah, I could for sure okay. Go over some August ones
1: Yeah, okay because so, my September
0: uh, my September bender wasn't wasn't as much. My of a September bender. bender. <laughs> September bender wasn't much of a bender, but I, I I feel like I still got some good ones. But yeah, this will be like a month and a half bender that will go through here. All right, I'll start it off then. You start it off. <laughs> All right. Well, I will start on August
1: August the third. Um, Whoa. Because uh, I we haven't talked about this yet. I watched uh shock corridor um Mm. this is so long ago but (laughs) i i watched shock corridor like uh shortly after you watched it um because it sounded so good to me Mm -hmm. and it was just you know on criterion or something um to refresh everyone's memory uh shock corridor is a sam fuller film um that takes place kind of in a mental in a mental institution um and it's uh star it it stars uh peter breck as a Poli- pulitzer prize writer who finds this new like uh this new type of research he's doing as the way to like you know really extend himself uh, and his and his writing ambitions um and it just gets so crazy from there as he uh starts to as he begins uh to immerse himself in this mental hospital and Mm -hmm. uh you know the it goes even further than the idea is then you know that is he actually mad himself you know it's uh yeah very creepy film um and i i don't know i think i this personally like on first watch uh hit me the hardest out of uh the sam fullers that i have watched uh wow so i really highly recommend shock corridor to anyone who's into sam fuller because uh, i thought it was just great
0: yeah i believe this is on my this is one of my july movie movie bender yep, watches exactly yeah and yeah we've we've talked in length about sam fuller but uh, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see if more of his movies get added to Criterion or just HBO Max, because mm-hmm. um, oh, I'll be for looking sure. out for more of those. Yeah, because we recently, yeah, we recently talked now about *Shock Quarter and *Naked Kiss*, both, which we both really liked. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're ones that, uh, yeah, they have an effect on you after you after you watch them. They just keep keep you thinking about them. Mm-hmm yeah I, I don't know i can't say this enough one about was a,
1: especially creepy for yes. sure i was uh recently i was i was just watching this like quentin tarantino charlie rose interview and <laughs> charlie rose is like what directors can you learn <laughs> something from and he was like well you know living directors like scorsese <laughs> and spielberg but then he was like he wanted to like he brought up actually Sam Fuller. Wow! Um, Shout out because Sam Fuller had just died recently, so it was like I, I gotta bring up Sam Fuller, and I kind of I kind of get see that um, influence a little in his work because Quentin Tarantino is very much a a writer, um, and I feel like Sam Fuller is also very much a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started his doc the documentary A Fuller Life. Um, oh, as well, and it, and it, what's really cool about it is it's 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 basically just a bunch of actors reading his autobiography with a lot of just uh, um like history b roll stuff on top of it and like you know put pl- you know like um like newspaper clippings and things like that and it, and it shows uh it shows Sam Fuller's uh like they kind of show his um back office den. Um and it's so awesome because there's just so it's just surrounded by books and like historical like memorabilia and stuff like that and it's it just so shows that he was a very obsessive guy um and it's just like a, it's just such a it's, a it's a it's like the coolest office as well there's like type <laughs> typewriters everywhere um and stuff like that and so it's just, I, I need to finish. I'd like to finish the documentary for sure, but the documentary has all these stars uh, reading his autobiography, kind of, and uh, his memoirs, in fact. So it has, like, James Franco, Je- um, Jennifer Beals, uh, Bill Duke, James Tobeck, uh, Mark Hamill, Tim Roth, uh, Constance Towers, uh, well, William Franken, and uh which which really brings out just uh the memoirs like uh I, i've noticed that i get a lot more into uh uh writing when it's being mm. read by someone especially in like a good way it, it stops me from yeah. <laughs> getting bored <laughs> uh and then it really brings out why the writing in, is in fact good like bill duke reads a passage from this uh uh his memoirs and it's so cool um yeah and i uh, the part i got to is where sam fuller actually decided to um enlist in the army so that he could be a photographer during world war ii um, because he wanted to witness like the craziest (laughs) thing happening in the world yeah so he was he's quite a badass guy uh which definitely shows in his films as well
0: yeah that's insane i don't know much about Sam or yeah, as a person, either. So I definitely want to check out that documentary too. You want you, you want you want to get in here? <laughs> yeah, let me get on in on that. <laughs> let me let me get in on this on the action. Here, let's see. I'll go back to to August a little bit, and um, oh, man, it's been so long since I've seen this, but I know uh, you've seen this because you recommended this to me. Um, but mid August, I saw Belly. For the first time, ah yes, uh, yeah, and wow, I'm so glad I did. Uh, did not expect to like this movie as, to love this movie as much as I did, but, uh, yeah, Belly, the uh, hype Williams movie with Nas and Dmx, um, one of the, <laughs> easily one of the coolest, uh, movies I've seen in a while, and definitely portrayed, um. Yeah, I mean, I guess life in uh, inner city for, um, for um, you know, these characters and uh, just overall a really great crime movie too. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, and since, you know, this summer with all the protests and everything I've seen, uh, I'll even, you know, more and more people recommend this movie as uh, as a, you know, good black lives matter movie to watch and i could definitely see that um and yeah man
1: yeah because it gets real uh and very prophetic towards the um and i remember i haven't seen this movie in forever mm-hmm. but uh yeah it really does and it takes on you know it gets it gets like spikely level radical yeah. uh towards the end and it gets very uh it gets very sad as well mm-hmm. um it's very moving uh towards the end as well yeah and it's just very well directed it's like very well shot like it's so surprising exactly yeah uh how well shot it is actually yeah I
0: maybe mean, wondering why hype williams hasn't done more um you know feature films like this too uh but yeah yeah what does hype do i i, I Well, he's a music video director so yeah he's done you know probably hundreds if not thousands of music videos yeah he really has um, wow i'm looking at it now as far as like features this might be his only one like he
1: did the jay-z empire state of mind music mm-hmm. video and
0: getting jiggy with it will smith <laughs> tlcs no scrubs Connie west gold digger yeah <laughs> so I, I was just watching
1: um the other guys and <laughs> michael <Keaton>. and michael <laughs> Key. michael keaton's just like no scrubs <laughs> and he's like you know that's tlc it's like what he's like what, <laughs> he's like, what are you
0: talking the, about yeah all the 90s r&b references yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i mean belly that's uh hbo max i'd highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet um and uh yeah
1: yeah top of my rewatch list that's for sure really
0: great and i've gone back and just watched youtube clips of it since then just because uh yeah i just like it so much love the style of it uh one of the coolest looking looking movies i've seen in a while too Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah and and
1: dmx and Nas genuinely have an awesome dynamic yeah i was impressed by that too yeah Yeah. like the hard-hitting you know grunty dmx with like the chill like uh spiritual yes
0: yeah. i i was impressed by both of them too and this and they they felt like real actors to me not um just two rappers yeah yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's it doesn't feel like when i don't know say S- when snoop Dogg's <laughs> just like in a movie and just showing yeah. up and that yeah sort exactly
0: of thing. yeah they actually like gave a fuck and it was like a a meaningful yeah. movie. Like, they're
1: playing to type, but they're doing real yeah. acting, for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, that's Belly. That's one of my August watches.
1: Um. So, the next movie I'm going to talk about is Ocean's 12. Mm. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, because I've wanted to watch... The, I know you've seen the entire Ocean's trilogy, mm-hmm. and by the end of this episode, I will also have talked about... <laughs> <laughs> the, I will have, I will also have said that I've seen the entire (laughs) Ocean's Trilogy Um, because I really, I really like Ocean's Mm Eleven, like I really do. And so I finally decided to watch the sequels Um, and Ocean's Twelve. It is, you know, it's clearly not as good as Ocean's Eleven because like I feel like just the setup stakes in Ocean's Eleven are just, you know very clearly defined mm-hmm. and uh drive uh the whole film um but and and oceans 12 i'm just going to talk about oceans 12 and oceans 13 together i think it makes the most sense uh especially since we're alternating but i feel like oceans 12 and oceans 13 just kind of um began you know and it's just like and it it just kind of launches like all right now we're into high cinema you know and it kind of does that as like quick as possible which i i i like but i just think because of that they're they're they just they're never going to be as um quite you know as uh good or rewatchable to me as uh oceans 11 especially like all the stuff with uh, uh julia roberts and Clooney is um uh, just so much so uh good in oceans eleven um yeah but i i really did like oceans twelve and oceans thirteen never nevertheless i thought they're you know just really fun and um they're just super well directed mm-hmm. so i mainly got into the, it from that aspect uh um and 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 you just get to see the same crew with the same dynamic <laughs> uh always and um oceans 13 specifically just looked incredible because uh they pick that one casino that pacino owns and um i don't I know if I remember, don't remember but it. like the exterior shots of this casino are so nuts and the way they're the way all the lights hang in this casino and the way it looks it's just so breathtaking to watch
0: oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah
1: yeah it's pretty so like just from a set standpoint oceans 13 i think i like (laughs) i like the movie overall better just because of that um oceans 12 also has and it's great also that oceans 13 has uh pacino as the villain uh as just trying to outdo itself Mm -hmm. um oceans 12 has that one uh strange scene which is kind of bizarre where like julia roberts plays julia yes that's right yeah And I I like, I kind of like get what it's going for. And I'm not going to say that I don't like it, um, but I'm also kind of, it's kind of a confusing moment. (laughs) I forgot
0: about that. What it's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Matt Damon's like, all right, let's get Julia out of (laughs) here.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing to put into a movie where she is.
1: It's a very Deadpool thing for uh, (laughs) Steven Soderbergh to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah i can see a lot of i didn't really personally like hate it I, I i thought it was kind of clever but at the same time i can see like people getting on this movie mm-hmm. for that or something like that
0: yeah i haven't seen oceans 12 and 13 in a while um but i mean when i when i did see them i remember liking them the same way i liked the first mm-hmm. one you know but yeah i just haven't I haven't gone back to watch them as much uh yeah
1: yeah i i dig them a lot i think uh it's a very impressive uh a very impressive feat for Soderbergh. like a very impressive like a very respectable trilogy Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much all i got to say about it i I could see these just being ones i like if i grew up with it it's different since i didn't grow up with it but i could see just watching this every year oh yeah
0: yeah we definitely had the the dvds growing up but there yeah i feel like there were there were good movies that uh i don't know anyone can really get into because they're
1: yeah it's like just it's really just about heist yeah. rhythm it's like the
0: art of heist very rhythm rhythmic. is what these movies yeah.
1: are yeah love so i like yeah. that a lot
0: nice all right well those are high on my uh rewatch list now too uh let's see all right so i'll go with another uh another august one for me uh and it's a 2020 movie straight to hbo max uh an american pickle the
1: all right i still have to watch this the yeah, pickle yeah
0: american pickle the seth rogan um seth rogan movie written by simon rich who uh i think was an snl writer back in the day um and directed by Brandon Trost, who I don't think he's done much else besides this. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, an American pickle was uh, you know I was looking for uh, I think this is like a a great it was supposed to be a great quarantine movie to watch uh, you know Seth Rogen comedy uh, that seems something perfect for what we need um, in our uncertain times right now um but yeah. uh i would I, you know it's hard for me to say anything besides it was just kind of okay um <laughs> which is kind of a bummer because there's a lot of funny people involved in it um and I, seth rogan i think did a really good job as um you know playing these two different characters these two uh lead characters um but uh basically the concept is Uh, Let me let me read the uh, synopsis, but um, Seth Rogen is preserved in it. He works in this pickle factory and he's preserved in the pickle brine for uh, like a hundred years or so. And like Captain America, like Captain America. And it's uh, he basically he wakes up, they find him and then his only living relative is like his great grandson who's played by Seth Rogen. And then, um, it's basically a lot of, uh, you know, um, the older Seth Rogen, uh, and his old ideals that don't match up with the modern times. And, um, then Seth, the modern day Seth Rogen, who is trying to, um, you know, get him in line with, uh, you know, the mindset of life in America in 2020 and, um, uh, and, and there are there are plenty of funny parts where it's you know he's living in Williamsburg Brooklyn which is like hipster capital USA and this guy who <laughs> looks like he's from you know who is from the early 1900s um everyone is like obsessed with and he makes these like uh he you know makes his homemade pickles and of course the hip the hipsters <laughs> are obsessed with him and he becomes such like a viral sensation. But then all of his, you know, old-timey thoughts and opinions um, kind of bring him into cancel What's culture. What's funny is
1: my, my dad has recently gotten to making
0: pickles. Really?
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, people make homemade yeah. pickles. He should move Sweet. to Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of all his, like, old ideals catching up with him and basically being a part of cancel culture. Um, and it was definitely, like, uh, it, it's not a, a movie that, you st- like, I, I don't, I feel like the general consensus is that most people didn't really like it that much, but it's, it's not yeah. one that you would like hate watching. It's, it's watchable. definitely watchable and it's like charming enough. Okay. And there is like, um, yeah, it's weird. Cause it's just between Seth Rogen and himself, but there is, you know, some heart yeah, and uh heart between, <laughs> between him and himself. They have good. they have chemistry. great Seth Rogen has great chemistry with himself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not, a movie that'll make you mad um for wasting your time or it doesn't have it doesn't have like a bunch of like really shitty comedy that um would be annoying it's just kind of okay it's just okay um it would almost mm-hmm. be better as like a um i don't know maybe a, a TV show um that is either you know elongated over a, a couple seasons or as just like a sketch um i just feel like So either too much of it or just, like, a brief taste on i But trying just, you know, like a 90-minute... It it is 90 minutes, which is great. But, uh, yeah, just, like, a a quick... uh, A quick movie trying to, you know, tell a story over 90 minutes. It just... I don't know. There's not much there. So, Mm. um, but still, yeah, I don't know. I still... I'm still glad I watched it. I would have tried to catch it no matter what. Um, But, uh, yeah, it, it left... Left more pickle to be desired,
1: yeah. <laughs> nice, I'm I'm definitely uh since it's okay
0: I'm for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it. yeah, it's not gonna yeah. you're not, you're not gonna regret seeing it, but you're probably not gonna it's not gonna be one of your favorite movies of the year. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's an American. All right,
1: so for for my next segment, <laughs> I'm trying to like uh, put put movies together since I have a mm-hmm. lot. Um, But before I get into my next segment, I realize I should have mentioned during my Sam Fuller segment that I watched also The Steel Helmet, um, which is a Sam Fuller war Vietnam or Korean war picture. Hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, which was it was cool. It's a lot of uh, it's not a typical war film. There are not giant grandiose um, battle scenes or anything like that. Um, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of allegory to like, you know, America and the fact that they're in a, they're in a, there's a lot of the religion that, um, is there in the war they're fighting is mainly Buddhism. Uh, so there's like there, for instance, the last, uh, battle, the final battle is like a standoff where they're guarding this Buddhist temple. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, um. It has a lot to say it has a lot to say about definitely our our place in that war um but it, it's not like you know super apocalypse now about it it's a little more uh lighter and a little more um uh funny and satirical about it hmm. nice Yeah, it's definitely worth watching um I, I i'd say i like the other fullers a little bit more but uh still worth watching the steel where did album. you uh
0: where did you watch it
1: uh, criterion yes one of the few things worth uh having the criterion <laughs> channel still is yeah i got the steel <laughs> helmet <laughs> well i ex-
0: i accidentally well not accidentally so i paused my criterion subscription and it restarted and i totally forgot about it so now I, I then i paused it again but it doesn't pause for another you know month so i have it for this next month so <laughs> I'll definitely make sure I catch that before the month is up so I can see another Sam Fuller. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's the Sam Fuller. So my next
1: uh, category for my movie <laughs> bender is, uh, would be movies where John and I defer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't realize it was going to be that uh, juicy. Get ready. Um, because uh, I was, so, two movies I watched were Mr. Deeds, <laughs> Adam Sandler, and How Do You Know, the James L. Brooks, oh, yeah. Paul Rudd, Reese Witherspoon, Owen Wilson movie. Um, so, so, I watched Mr. Deeds first because I was like, I looked at uh, your Adam Sandler list, John, um, which is a pretty uh, good list, I will say. Um, and i think mr deeds is like top three
0: uh i list, i can check right now i i think it's probably top five top five. uh let's see it is number four on my adam sandler yeah, list. yeah
1: and i and that was the one of the few ones on the list i had not <laughs> seen so, so I checked it out and I honestly got to say, like, I did not, uh, I did not agree <laughs> with the top four. And so I was like, Hmm, it must be one John just grew up watching. Definitely.
0: That is, I remember that's one of the first, like, uh, you know, PG 13 movies that I got to see in the theater. Uh, and I really, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very unique person. I'm probably one of the only people that would have Mr. Deeds <laughs> in their top five Sandler movies. But uh, it's I don't know, it's just been one that I've always really liked. And, uh, you know, like my sister and I will quote like random things from it. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I I just really enjoy the movie Mr. Deeds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it kind of, uh, it a little reminds, it reminds me of a Sandler version of um, the Hudsucker proxy. Mm. Because it's very like, you know, anti big company and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, it's definitely to me. It's definitely not like Netflix Adam Sandler at all, like oh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely when I was watching, I was like, this feels very lazy <laughs> Adam Sandler, like to a, at a ridiculous level. Like when they um when they first go to the town where he mm-hmm. lives and he's just like walking around saying hi to everyone. <laughs> It, it, the movie kind of edits it like he's like, "Oh hey man, how's it going?" And it, like like he's saying jokes all the time, but he's really not <laughs> <laughs> saying anything funny. So that that part was kind of strange. Um, it was a, also also I, I I I think John Turturro's character is probably like oh one of the weirdest God. he's ever played. I like to change your like, socks, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got like a foot fetish, and I think he's a homosexual as well. Uh, in the closet one or. Something like that.
0: Yeah. I can't. I feel. Does he have a love interest at some point? I
1: think, I think at the it, end of the yeah. film, he gets with some um, main character and is like licking their feet yes, at the end. Yeah, or that's like it. Yeah. That. And it's. He has this insane yeah. foot
0: fetish. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he has. I forget what accent he's doing in this movie. <laughs> I think uh, he's. He's some folk. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I think he's. Uh. I wanted to say Italian because his accent kind of sounds Italian, but I don't think that's it. I'm sure it's Hispanic yeah, of some it's sort.
1: Really, it's really yeah. strange. Uh, but I, I always did enjoy his character on screen. Um, <laughs> I will say yeah. that.
0: I do. I do. Uh, I love John Turturro's character in this, too. And it is, you know, thinking back on it, there's really a lot of uh, just the same Adam Sandler movie tropes where he's like this he's just super everyone loves it's like everyone loves adam and then he he somehow gets this girl that's out of his league um but then you know she does something that um that makes him sad and bums him out and then he you know she she wins him back in this one and yeah
1: yeah 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 there's a point where like Winona Ryder is like Oh no! I screwed it up with such a good yeah, guy. A good guy. <laughs> and I work for a tabloid. <laughs> yeah. And Adam's like, "You hurt me. I'm going back to the small yeah. town."
0: And really, uh, there's not a whole lot of chemistry between, uh, between them. No. <laughs> no, definitely they not. They probably shouldn't be together. Uh, yeah. There's something about Mister Deeds yeah. that it just charms me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can see growing up with it and liking mm-hmm. Mr. Deeds.
0: Yeah, especially John Turturro's character and J.B. Smoove as the elevator operator. Oh, His yeah, very minor yeah. role, I, but I also, yeah. yeah.
1: I liked that because it's just one of those where like, you walk in and you're like, oh, there's... I, I like that whole sequence where he has all these servants yeah. because they just end up being all these guys you yeah, know. Right, and... Yeah, right, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, i definitely i'm i'm not shocked that you didn't like it as much as i did but yeah it's just it's one of yeah. those it's it's stuck with me i
1: i i think it's way there's way worse adam sandler <laughs> movies but i will also say there's a lot of better ones oh, yeah. as well.
0: <laughs> i feel like it, it might have been like the beginning of the end of his like really successful um comedies i could be wrong but yeah
1: yeah, I think the uh, early two thousands for him, the two thousands for him was just a we a weird transition in general. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Punch Drunk Love, he's doing all these weird movies. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we definitely all right, defer. So that's
1: Mr. Deeds. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's Mr. Deeds. So this is the next movie that John and I defer on is actually a movie that I think I defer with the grand masses of movie watchers on, as I have learned uh, over the past over the past few weeks. Because there's this just this one day where I fell a little under the weather, (laughs) and I decided to pop in. How do you know on Netflix?
0: (laughs) Pop in on Netflix.
1: You pop in on Netflix, and I just genuinely <laughs> really enjoyed it. <laughs> and after I watched the movie, I just find out that like like everybody I follow on Letterbox just hates it. Yeah, which I was I was surprised because like while I was watching, I was like, "This movie's great." <laughs> and so since then, I've had some time to like reflect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on it and I've kind of i I've kind of been able to uh, see some of the stupidity in How Do You Know. Um, but I still I still I still will uh, I will defend that first watch and just the fact that I had a fun time <laughs> when I watched this movie. For some reason. I I, I thought it was really funny. I, it really it really got my, my funny bone, <laughs> John. <laughs> and so I I guess like I maybe got into the the stupidity of it um
0: yeah maybe you like it in an ironic way a little bit i don't know
1: maybe a little bit but i also like genuinely at the end when they got together was like (laughs) oh so i don't know i think i'm just maybe it's a little just that i'm weird (laughs) yeah
0: i gotta be honest i i barely remember seeing this but i remember really just hating watching it (laughs) nearly every minute of it. And I think it's just cause I, f- I found it just super boring and didn't really care about the characters much at all. Um, although I do, you know, I do like the people involved for sure. I think that's, that's partly mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great people. <laughs> that's
1: partly what got it for me. And there's just some, there's just some funny bids. Like I think Paul Rudd is hilarious in this movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Like, he has a scene where, he, when he first meets Reese Witherspoon, he's, he's like, clearly, he's coming off, like, a drinking bender. Mm-hmm. And he's like, would you like a drink? He's like, I'd like a drink. And she's like, I don't want a drink. And he's like, usually with me, one drink puts things in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, he's, like, going through a crisis because he's, like, being investigated and all this shit. <laughs> um and then and, and there's this one scene where he's, like, going over the pros and cons, whether he wants to go to jail for his dad, played by Jack Nicholson, which is a really ridiculous <laughs> thing. Jack wants him to go to jail for him, for his, uh, for his or corp- his corporate, uh, crimes. And Paul Rudd has this pro-cons list, and he's like, he's like, uh... It's like con. Uh, my dad will go to, j- to jail. He's scared or something like that. And he's like pro. He's like, I don't want to go to jail. I'm scared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I thought I thought that was pretty funny, even though the the genuine the genuine concept is really ridiculous.
0: <laughs> see, I I remember seeing this around the holidays with family, and for some reason we didn't see. It. This is what we chose to see. Well, it wasn't my choosing, but. You know, that definitely played a part into me not liking this because I was kind of dragged along in Mm. 2010, 10 years ago, to see this movie (laughs) in the theaters. Uh, Yeah. But maybe we'll have to do an Instagram poll and see what people think is funnier. How do you know? Or Mr. Deeds.
1: (laughs) 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 Or see see which people
0: like better, yeah. But you know, my biggest the biggest issue I have with the movie is how come there's no question mark at the end of the title? <laughs> Why is it just, how, how do you, you know? know? Yeah. It's just a statement. How, how do you, you know? know? But I, that's clearly that is a, an in, interrogative sentence that requires a question mark in the end of it. But uh, yeah, I, I still have to look into that. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing something. Or, I don't Yeah. Know.
1: I'm just like <laughs> guilty of liking a bad film. Okay. Eh? because the more i think about this movie and the more i talk about it i just like i'm like oh yeah this is kind of a a stupid <laughs> film but I, I don't know i just really just really turned my brain off and enjoyed it when i watched hey, yeah it. there's nothing
0: wrong with turning have, your brain off and enjoying don't have a it.
1: lot of don't have a lot of defense
0: <laughs> yeah hey your only defense is that you enjoyed it more than anyone else did yeah
1: <laughs> i will say this like i i've talked about Spang- spanglish oh yeah uh on the podcast and this is so much better than that film <laughs> like way more watchable in every way and way less uh problematic
0: <laughs> i definitely uh do not want to see spanglish after your review of spanglish on the on the podcast yeah. so yeah I,
1: I will say there is nothing like had, it.
0: had i not seen how do you know um yet i i probably would see it based on your review of it now so yeah
1: well, yeah, and what's interesting about How Do You Know is he's he's coming off Spanglish. So um I feel like he just I don't know, maybe felt the need for a correction or it's just people are like uh you know, you know, he just has that reputation now, but this was I think his last movie.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So after this, like it's just that's uh, it's over. <laughs> Spanglish and How Do You Know. Yeah, he had to end it on a high note. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. All right.
1: Well, yeah, that's uh
0: well, that. You know, we may have differing opinions on those movies, but uh yeah, we'll we'll let the the Instagram world decide what they what they prefer, what they think is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. So, I'll get into uh I'll get into September now. There's a couple of August watches I had. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. September, the first one I'll go with is a movie I know you've seen as well. And it's one that it's kind of elusive and hard to find. Um, but I saw mm. Hard Boiled, the John Woo film for the first time.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And where did you find it? So him? throughout um, September, we've been visiting family and we went through a bunch of stuff at my parents' house to take to Disc Replay, and so we brought all this stuff to Disc <laughs> Replay, and we're like, while they're looking through it, we're walking around, and then I see a copy of Hardboiled for like three dollars, and I'm like, oh man, like this is like out of print Criterion. That's a gem. That's a gem. Yeah. There's yeah. like yeah, I you can barely you can, I don't think you can find it streaming anywhere or even rent it on online, and it's out of print and Criterion, so. Um, yeah, I figured three bucks to uh to just own it on DVD. So, uh, yeah, I got it and was really uh, blown away. I I see the hype with these early John Woo uh, <laughs> Chinese films.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're the yeah. best. And
0: now I've got to I've got to see more. Uh, I think the killers is another one on my list. So
1: many guys shooting guns and so much running, so much groups of guys running so much like, I don't know, sheets of paper, like being shot up in the air that's falling all over the place. It's just, yeah, it's the, it just gets so
0: bonkers in the best way. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's these great, you know, slow-mo shots of these guys just doing these really (laughs) cool things with guns. And, yeah, it's uh yeah. it's um yeah, it's almost like a a superhero movie where there's a lot of realism that doesn't that doesn't even matter that it it can be a little yeah. wacky and uh, and still works for and, sure. Yeah, it's just a, a hell of a time. Uh yeah, I really liked hardboiled and um uh I mean definitely you know like uh just a great storyline overall too for uh, a good crime movie with you know this undercover cop and um you know this other sort of you know loose cannon cop. Um yeah, really enjoyed it and definitely need to check out some more early uh John Woo movies before he he went went all Hollywood. <laughs> I also recommend uh The Killer. The Killer, yeah, that's the that's the other one I was yeah. looking for too. Uh, yeah, I might have to uh, try and find that. It's
1: very much like hard boiled. It's a lot like
0: <laughs> And it. it's the same uh same actor, same main actor who played yep. Tequila. Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also uh last hurrah for Chivalry, which is his Whoa. samurai uh I think it's samurai. Adding
0: that to my uh oh it's already on my watch list. There we go. Boom.
1: i've already wanted to watch it
0: (laughs) and it's on the criterion channel so there we go i got i got more Criterion to watch over the next (laughs) month while i have the channel again
1: yeah i really want to see john woo's broken arrow with john travolta christian Christian slater oh
0: yeah oh adding that to my list too
1: that's gotta be cool because i love i love face oh
0: face off is great yeah the, bro- the tagline for Broken Arrow is "Prepare to go ballistic." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's uh, yeah, that's that's my viewing of Hard Boiled. Very excited to, um, yeah, check out some more John Woo's. Very excited to find that. Yeah.
1: All right. So the next section for my my movie bender is the Nora Ephron tom hanks meg ryan rom-com duo of sleepless in seattle and you've got mail
0: all right great double Uh, feature
1: yeah and i so i know you've seen you've got mail uh you talked about it uh on the one of our episodes and uh and so i started i started from the beginning and i think sleepless in seattle like from a pop culture 90s standpoint is just a must-see. Like, it was a movie everyone saw Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. Yeah. And it definitely, definitely, you definitely feel that. um, Because this, unlike You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle is a very, uh, it's just a super well-written, super well-done rom-com. Mm-hmm uh that is also weird <laughs> like you've got mail but it's i i don't know it's not as weird
0: mm-hmm. yeah like you know the... i i feel like the first um the first tom hanks Meg ryan movie that we should have watched was sleepless in seattle and sadly <laughs> i I went with you've got mail first but uh well yeah. you
1: you're you're saving the best for less there we go yeah i will say <laughs> um but yeah, Sleepless in Seattle, uh, is, I think it's the movie that really got Hanks to be uh, famous because then he follows it up with, you know, I think Forrest Gump in the same year. And then yeah. the very next year is like Forrest Gump and Toy Story. So I think this is the beginning of Hank's mania.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a huge year. Huge, huge decade for, yeah. for him,
1: really. Yeah, I've also... I think this is the... M- a movie where where finally I've like I've gotten to see like how why people were obsessed with Meg Ryan in the '90s. Mm, yeah, because I've really only seen um. Well, now I've seen these, but the other one I saw was um uh the Billy Crystal one. Uh, when that Harry Met Sally likes too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I saw that one as well. But Sleepless in Seattle is one where you're like, okay, I get why everyone was just in love with Meg Ryan. Um, Because she's not only, she's not only like, she not only comes off as like the perfect love interest for Tom Hanks (laughs) in this movie. um, But she also has like, she has a very unique uh, screen presence, a very unique presence. Uh, beauty, like one that you know, even like people who go to church or something would be like, "Oh my God, Meg Ryan's <laughs> yeah. just adorable," you know that yes, sort of thing. Totally. Um, uh, so I got to see. So that she she has all this charm in it, and, and as well, Tom Hanks is uh, building all has all this charm in it. Like there's there's a line there's a line where he's like, you know, he's dealing with his wife. His wife has died, and he he's talking on the phone to the radio host, which is how like everyone hears how meg ryan hears about tom hanks and he's like she's like how are you gonna deal with this he's like well i'm gonna i'm gonna set my alarm and get up every morning and till i don't have to remind myself to get up every morning <laughs> and tie my shoes and it's just and there, it's just like moments like that where you're like wow this movie's starting to you know get you emotional yeah. that sort of that sort of thing and um <laughs> And um, what's craziest about this movie is that uh, they just don't ever, they don't ever meet. Meg Ryan kind of is like stalking Tom Hanks uh, throughout this movie. She just kind of becomes obsessed with him because of his radio appearances. Um, And yeah, they don't, and that's like, I don't want to give more away than that, but it's really more about a cross country connection, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um but it, yeah what's it's so weird that it works <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's that definitely seems like a uh, a nineties very nineties movie uh just based on all that too, it kind of seems similar yeah. similar to you've got mail in a way too where they yeah be
1: yeah 'cause like in you've got mail she he's like he's still kind of uh They have a, They have that on. They have the uh, online connection, mm-hmm. and he's constantly hiding from. Right. Yeah. Hiding from her, and he's like, "You won't accept me as a uh, for who I am. <laughs> you won't believe that I'm actually uh, this down to earth because I'm a corporate scumbag," <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that dynamic didn't that dynamic for me got uh, a little tiresome, and you've got yeah. Meryl. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you've got mail. Uh, I thought the end, the ending really got to me, even though I was very annoyed for most <laughs> yeah. of
0: the movie. Yeah, see, you've got mail is another one that, uh, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't like it very much. I still enjoyed watching it, and uh, yeah, yeah. And but and by the end, it was you know, it was nice. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, where uh old ladies in church would be like, Oh, that was a sweet movie, you know.
1: Yeah. You've got mail kind of felt very long. It did to me. yeah mm-hmm. Very long. But, you know, I thought still worth
0: watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Now I gotta check out Sleepless in Seattle. It's definitely one of those where Yeah everyone has seen it, I feel like It's yeah. like,
1: yeah, it's definitely I think if I ever make a rom-com list for the very <laughs> best it would be probably in the top five i still have more to see i hear uh say anything with john cusack is oh, pretty good yeah um
0: yep there's another one yeah yeah but i've sleepless in seattle i feel like is definitely one of the one of the rom-coms of all the rom-coms yeah yeah nice all right so I'll I'll combine a couple of mine too. I'll uh, take inspiration from you. Um, so these are these are a little different because they're not um, they're not narrative films, but still feel like they're sort of worth bringing up for certain reasons based on other things we've talked about on the podcast. And uh, it's two live um, live shows, I guess live Mm -hmm. show slash movies that i'll bring up um and first one is shut up and play the hits uh the other one is rowan atkinson live so shut up and play the hits um if you haven't heard of it it is um lcd sound systems last concert at madison square garden uh in 2011 and it's basically it's it's probably like 60 to 70 percent concert film and then 30 to 40 percent um james murphy the front man sort of contemplating um the the journey that the band's taken on and and how you know the band is ending now after um all this time and Mm -hmm. um and yeah i was a little i was torn on shut up and play the hits because i absolutely loved the live concert footage and that part of it um it's very reminiscent of um stop making sense like this is like Mm. lcd sound systems um stop making sense pretty much but it has those um it also has these clips of james murphy just
1: that just take away the momentum yeah
0: and it's uh yeah i was so torn on it because it's like i loved the concert footage and everything but then when James Murphy's just, like, talking, and he's, he's like, putting his head down, and he's just, like, you know, looking out the window I just, and talking about all this, like, what he thinks is, like, profound stuff. It just felt so pretentious. And uh, it just came across as super self-important. Uh, yeah. And I, d- I hadn't really seen any, like, interviews with, with James Murphy before, but I, I liked LCD Sound Systems' music, so I checked it out, but I really just could not get into those yeah it it lost a lot of momentum and i I went from like really liking the band lcd sound system but not liking james murphy (laughs) but uh yeah even though you know he's he's pretty much the um the master mastermind behind behind everything but you know i'm not like a i'm not like an insane lcd sound system fan i'm definitely more of a casual uh Fan of their music, but uh, yeah, I mean the concert footage and everything from Madison Square Garden. I would have taken a movie of just that, um, mm. but yeah, yeah.
1: I I still might watch it because that sound it does yeah. sound really cool.
0: Definitely glad I watched it, and it's, and it's for sure worth a watch. And I and I liked it overall. Um, yeah, I don't know. When I keep thinking back on it, though, I just keep thinking of like the stuff that made me cringe that he said. That uh, yeah. I don't know, he just, he just seemed a little out of touch. Like, he's this hipster in Brooklyn buying pickles from Seth Rogen, and, uh, yeah, he's just not in touch <laughs> with, like, the rest of humanity. Um, but, yeah, still still really liked it a lot, and, I mean, the concert was shot, like, amazingly. Made, it definitely made me want to yeah, be there. Yeah, awesome, awesome lights. Yeah, so cool. Um, uh, yeah, and then the other live um, movie that I watched is Rowan Atkinson Live, uh, which I wanted to bring up because I'm a big Rowan Atkinson fan, loved Mr. Bean growing up, Um, but, uh, I really think that this is, like, um, uh, I don't know, one of the best comedy specials that I've seen ever, and, um, it's, uh, it's basically... It's, it's very reminiscent of like Monty Python sketches, but live on stage. And it's only Mr. It's only not Mr. It's only Rowan Atkinson. Um, and then Angus, uh, Dayton, who, um, uh, you know, I believe was maybe his, um, writing partner or, um, or something, but, um, really, really great, uh, comedy special, and I just I just had to bring it up. This is sort of my self indulgence, just because I'm I, a big um, fan. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't. I'm not very familiar with Rowan Atkinson actually. So oh,
0: you would uh you would recognize him for sure. You have for sure seen him in something. But uh yeah, he was you know he was Mr. Bean. He's a big UK comedy guy, and um, uh yeah. And then this was just sort of a collection of different sketches um live in boston and um a lot of a lot of them are super uh i guess super well known um and yeah it's it definitely if you're into monty python and stuff like that then you'd really like this and i watched it it's all on youtube um so i just checked it all out there but uh yeah those are those are my two live performance watches from uh september (laughs)
1: My next movie is... I'm just going to do one movie this time because... changing it up. Yeah, there's nothing you could uh, pair this movie with, really. (laughs) Um, I I I already uh, told you about my viewing of this, but um, I went back to the theaters for the first time uh, since Mm. probably, who knows, February or March, um, and I saw Christopher Nolan's new uh, spy thriller, which is almost a... Uh, by calling it just a spy thr- thriller is almost a disservice to this movie. I saw Tenet, uh, Tenet. John David Washington, and um, John David Washington. Um, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, and I, I as i told you john this uh movie what i thought was uh absolutely amazing even <laughs> though i'm uh not usually a nolan guy um actually and i and i think i'm i'm not really i i'm not usually a nolan guy mainly because of uh his writing i'm not a a huge fan of him uh as a writer i i can't really uh i can't really take anything of away from his uh, directing shops because he does just make um, giant uh, visually stunning movies that are always very groundbreaking and huge, and just huge mm-hmm. um, and I think that's one of the things I liked about this is that uh, Nolan after just making some of the biggest movies ever is still outdoing himself um, and making things that we've never seen before Mm -hmm. And I also felt that Tenet was one where you did not need um, the you did not need to really hone in on the writing as much. Like it's not like Inception to me where you have to like pay attention to all the characters' monologues of explaining how this all works, which is what most of Inception is. I think Tenet. I don't. I think like there are a lot of the complaints with Tenet is like. The mixing isn't great you can't hear their like dialogue as well and i don't i think that's because it's not that's not one of those types of movies where you're supposed to be paying attention to um the dialogue as much i think this is way more about just the giant uh spectacle at hand and Mm -hmm. uh what he's doing um like it's that hitchcock north by northwest going from crazy set piece to set piece and i think he's just doing it at a level unlike anything before and i used to think that mission impossible fallout was doing this at a level unlike anything before and tenet kind of just um blew the set piece work in those mission impossible movies out of the water like just with how ambitious they really are mm-hmm. um and uh, how uh, crazy good this movie looks shot in IMAX. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is something that, uh, uh, that Hitchcock would just be so pleased, I think to see (laughs) uh, in modern, in modern cinema. I think it's just a great homage to those types of movies and really just shows Nolan's love for the spy genre and kind of wanting to, it's definitely a very Nolan movie. A very much a nolan spy movie but i think mm-hmm. it's like uh in a very it's just a, a nolan spy movie in a very good way i think he does just a great job at making it very fun mm-hmm. um i think he he struggles with making fun movies sometimes a lot of the times um <laughs> even though it's a lot of people disagree that inception is a very fun movie um but yeah, I think this movie is very fun. It keeps you on the edge of your seat, and the main cast is just so great in it, which is such a uh, testament to how good they are. Cause it not anybody could could do this, <laughs> mm-hmm. could be in this. Like the fa- the fact that John John David Washington is able to function throughout all of this, like the amount of ground he's able to cover throughout this movie, um, it's just a testament to, ha- to how great he is, um also the action scenes in this film are so phenomenal um so cool and i've always thought that the action scenes like say in the dark knight are really goofy um and how they're choreographed like they're really (laughs) like i think some of the fight scenes are like the worst parts of the dark knight um, just cause the cho- choreography is not anything interesting at all. It almost looks like, you know, like a child choreographed it. <laughs> um, but th- that, not in this one, <laughs> not in this one. It's like another level of action scenes in this one. Uh, John David Washington kicks some ass. Uh, and, uh, I, I n- not to go without saying that tenant has a lot of confusing science, um, Stuff that you won't be able to figure out. I think mm-hmm. that I don't think that that did not hurt this film for me. Um, and yeah, and and this movie also has a great soundtrack. It's very loud, and I, it will have you kind of you know bobbing your head to just how uh, <laughs> how awesome it is.
0: <laughs> is it Hans Zimmer again? Uh,
1: it's not actually. Oh it is, um, wow! Is not Hans Zimmer it's the guy who did uh the creed the creed soundtrack and oh ludwig Lud- ludwig yeah garanson
0: ludwig garanson
1: he he did creed ludwig. creed 2 and black panther wow so it's definitely a it's a different soundtrack for nolan but i thought
0: i i thought it was awesome sweet i cannot wait to see to see Tenet, and I'm for sure gonna be making my my return to the movie theater to see this in <laughs> yeah. the in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, it, it, so, yeah,
1: it, it's worth the weirdness of wearing a mask going into the movies and mm-hmm. just being there for the first time because you'll you'll immediately forget about all that once it once the movie starts.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and this is this is probably the the movie coming out this year that I would risk. Yeah, I would and, risk that.
1: <laughs> and what's great about it is like it's like a movie that reminds you why you need to go to the Mm -hmm. theater yeah Mm, yeah because yeah why going to the theater is important like it's not a movie if if there's any movie like along with say you know like uh tarantino uh and like paul thomas anderson how they do how they shoot and like you know 70 millimeter and all that stuff like it's 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 along the lines with that where it's like you cannot like watch this on a laptop because it is meant to be seen like on the big screen so you can see all the details of it and just see the image blown up like that
0: uh yeah so hell yeah
1: Yeah. tenant
0: nolan yeah yeah i cannot yeah i cannot wait awesome uh oh okay man i've just been thinking about tenet now i completely <laughs> forgot that i have to i have to go on with with what i saw now um which can't can't compare to tenet uh but um here let's see the next one i'll bring up is um a movie that i that i saw that it's great for an october viewing if anyone's looking for some more spooky october movies um movie i watched the other day called the witches which is on netflix and it's directed by nick rogue who oh yeah i saw that we've talked about on the podcast with don't look now and performance um two movies that are very different from this uh the witches is very much a uh, an early 90s uh children's fantasy movie and uh it's, uh, but it also, it, it definitely feels like a Nick rogue movie too, because it is scary at that points. And, uh, I think if I saw this as a child, I definitely, uh, would be terrified. Um, but, uh, but basically, yeah, it, uh, it stars Angelica Houston and, um, she, uh, and also stars Rowan Atkinson. Um, but, uh, uh, basically this young boy and his grandmother go on vacation and at the hotel that they stay at um is like a witch um convention but although you know the witches are all disguised as like these normal women um and and it, it all takes place at this hotel that rowan atkinson manages mm-hmm. and he's like the john cleese and faulty towers type character ah. and um and so it's very it's very like whimsical wacky and uh, and funny um um, but, uh, yeah, so it's basically this little boy's misadventures getting caught in, in the middle of this witch- witches convention where the witch's goal is to turn all children in England into mice. So, um, um, and I should also add that there's a lot of great special effects in this. That's all done by Jim Henson, uh, and the Henson company. So, mm. um, there's a lot of great practical effects, and Angel- so they all take their their um, disguises off at one point, and Angel- Angelica Houston is absolutely terrifying as the like head high witch, the grand high witch, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely just sort of one of those late '80s, early '90s children's fantasy movies, and um, I wasn't I wasn't super into it. <laughs> but I also uh, am glad that I saw it. And I do think that if uh, for anyone out there who is just looking for more like Halloween type movies to watch in October um, and if you haven't seen it, then uh, yeah, it's a, it's just a nice 90 minute um, easy watch, but uh, yeah, I don't, maybe if I saw it when I was a kid, I would be terrified, but I also would, um, would have liked it a little more, you know, maybe it's just got, gotten a little outdated, but, um, now but uh but yeah it's definitely it's it's weird seeing this like children's fantasy movie but also with some nick rogue like uh touches in there with the way you so, described
1: yeah. the plot i like forgot that it was a nick rogue movie
0: yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but it's it's you know it's definitely very creepy still yeah um and i think that's you know in part due to nick rogue directing it but um yeah i wasn't as into it but i still i still liked it um and, uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll remind you of a lot of other, um, you know, fantasy movies from, um, from the 90s, uh, for sure. But, uh, Angelica Houston is also really great in it, too, as sort of this evil, this evil high witch. Um, and, it, yeah, great practical effects from the, the Henson Company, um, which you don't see a lot anymore. But, uh, yeah. It's a it's a good October movie if you're trying to build up your October spooky watch list right now. <laughs>
1: your spooky <laughs> list.
0: The spooky list.
1: All right. <laughs> a little more, a little more to go for me. <laughs> All right, so my next <laughs> we're diving back into the rom com uh, genre. Oh, here we go because i watched another 2010 rom-com uh called going the distance uh features drew barrymore and justin long as the couple uh charlie day and jason sudeikis as the two friends of justin (laughs) of justin long and christina applegate plays uh drew barrymore's sister Jim Gaffigan plays Christina Applegate's husband
0: (laughs) what a cast
1: yeah so it's a fun cast uh it's an it's an interesting film like this guy Nanette Burstein who directed and wrote the movie hasn't done anything else so you have nothing else really to go off of you're like this was his his passion project basically this is what he (laughs) I mean yeah this is what he got made um so basically this features uh, it, uh, the beginning is like Justin Long and Drew Barrymore are like just getting together and blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> and Drew Barrymore has to move across the country uh, to live with her sister so she can finish up uh, her journalism studies and internship and whatever and they do a long distance relationship and then they're trying to they're trying to get her a job in new york in new york so she can move back and live with justin long and <laughs> and but she's like, there's no jobs there. And they're like, well, we got to get you out here, but we can't. And so they're just trying to end this long. There's no jobs. Either. Yeah, they keep saying that. <laughs> they're like, there's no jobs there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just trying to end this long distance relationship, which <sighs> explaining it now is a very just the most typical premise four movie (laughs) i've ever heard um but i really enjoyed this movie just because i like everybody in it mainly and this movie was hilarious uh there's a lot of great bits um and like and like like charlie day and Jason Sudeikis are just so great as like the friends like Charlie Day is like always shitting with the door open in his in his room he's like and and Jason Sudeikis like I can't believe you deal with this (laughs) it's just like it's just like yeah it's just funny that they got such big guy I mean they weren't as big as the time I think that's what uh, the beauty of this is is they were still Mm -hmm. up and coming so they are both just way too good for these roles um, because they end up being leading men but yeah they're pretty much justin long's like side guys um <laughs> and also and, and i don't know i just love drew barrymore and justin long a lot like in this mo- in this movie especially like drew barrymore is, per- has some very funny scenes in this movie uh <laughs> so i think it's it's just one of those where the cast is just very much better than the movie they in are the movie. in mm-hmm. even though this movie definitely has some funny bits uh, for sure uh yeah it mainly rides with the cast
0: mm-hmm. Th- so this is another one i s- I pretty sure i saw in theater um or at least you know right after it came out but i really don't remember it at all so i ha- you know i have like two stars on letterboxd and that's probably just from my you know memory just like yeah i probably didn't like it that much but uh yeah i don't know after hearing you talk about it i think i want to check this out again <laughs> might have to
1: <laughs> i don't know if you if you see the cover on a letterbox like the wallpaper I it's pretty funny
0: oh yeah there's yeah. like the the door and they're look yeah they're trying to listen and the no, door, no 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 no. Like, like
1: the um the like cover photo on top oh they're
0: sitting in the boat <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah in that scene yeah. charlie
1: days like dude you're like doing this right we're looking right at you <laughs> it's just like shit like that it makes the movie worth it
0: yeah i mean uh, how could you not like charlie day and jason sudeikis is like his wingmen yeah that's uh yeah that's gotta be funny. and jason
1: sudeikis has this like mustache and he's always going like you know what this is it's a scheme to fuck some older women <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah going the distance okay i'm gonna have to check that out again yeah, what a cast! Nice. Uh, okay, do you have well, any I more, guess, John? <laughs> uh, I'll get into my my very last one, and um, this is this is another one I finally got off my my HBO slash Criterion list, um, and uh, I know you've definitely heard of this one, but uh, it's Fantastic Planet. The uh, the animated film from 1973. It's French. Um, it's like it's in the Criterion Collection. It's got a super recognizable like poster of uh, these blue creatures um, that um, are called drags, and <laughs> <laughs> and basically these drags or drogs um, have these little tiny people as their pets called ohms and just based on that um there's a lot more i can preface it with but just just based on that you can kind of tell that this movie is going to say a lot about uh humanity in regards to how they treat animals and uh and it also has a lot to do with uh civil rights and civil rights movement in the u.s and um apartheid in south africa um so there's a lot of very like obvious beats on um you know with commentary on that um but fantastic planet is unique as it has this very interesting um animation style and it honestly it's it's not something i'd really seen too much of but it's
1: more like it looks more like paintings
0: yes definitely And it was honestly the first, I'd say 15, 20 minutes, uh, it was really hard for me to get into it. Yeah, Uh, you're like super into the animation. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of there's this weird short film from back in the day that I saw when I was a kid called The Snowman. And it's like (laughs) a snowman flying through the air. And it's like, I think we watched it in school a few times, but. it it reminded me of like that like shitty animation but it it definitely got to a point where i was like i was starting to get amazed by the artwork and the animation of it and i actually it it started to hook me a little more um it it, yeah at first it took me a little bit to get into because i didn't really i just i didn't really like the animation that much at first but once, once it really started to get going, uh, I was more and more into it and, uh, and really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah it's, um, uh, yeah, it's basically this, uh, this uh, planet in an alternative universe where these blue creatures are like the intelligent beings. And they, um, you know, for pets, they have these little, these little people. Um, but a lot of them also consider them just, you know, like little pests and uh they're they're you know they're essentially like kept as uh um things to entertain children or they're like little slaves um for <laughs> these creatures and uh and um somehow you know there's this like commune of them that have become intelligent and they are planning like you know t- they want to overthrow uh the drugs. And, um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, the drugs come in and like these, you know, stupid little things, like they can't take over. We're going to kill them all. And, you know, it's, um, um, it's really like the, so as much as I didn't like the animation in the beginning, it really, the animation really is incredible and unique. And it has this great soundtrack too, where it's like, uh, these like wah wah guitars and it's very jazzy. Uh it's almost it's like Pink Floyd meets John Coltrane mm. is sort of the uh the soundtrack and I really like the soundtrack and um uh and everything but uh yeah I don't know I didn't it didn't really have the effect on me that I that I hoped it would because um it seems like this very highly regarded movie which uh I can see why um but it's it, you know it's, it's fairly basic it's really short it's like 80 something minutes I think um and yeah, appeal just to kinda, the
1: the psychedelic audiences of the time.
0: Definitely, yeah, it's definitely a very, uh, um, yeah, it definitely appeals to the time of like the early seventies psychedelics. Um, yeah, like those just those wah wah guitars, and uh, yeah, it's um, uh, it was still one I'm glad I saw because I've just seen like the imagery from it so much, but didn't know anything about it um but yeah i don't know i didn't i didn't take away too much from it because uh uh i don't know i just feel like it's a story a type of story that i've seen a lot now and it's no fault to itself because you know it's from the 70s but um yeah i still think it's a it's definitely a quality quality film and um the more i've read about it and researched it it's i've seen like it has a lot of significance too so uh yeah fantastic planet yeah
1: yeah i should check that out when i'm up for something out of the ordinary yeah
0: when you want to get a little psychedelic yeah that's my that's my last one
1: all right i'll I'll, i'm gonna rattle through all (laughs) all the ones i have still to go then yeah uh so the my first one I I know you've seen and you saw I think recently and you've talked about it on the podcast uh it's that it's of the very well uh, regarded Chicago documentary Hoop Dreams.
0: Mm, yes, Hoop Dreams,
1: yeah. Yeah, um yeah, I mean I think this m- is one of the most well-regarded documentaries ever made. Um, and Mm -hmm. I saw why, and I mean, it's not just, not only did this just appeal to me, uh, as a, a, dude who grew up being obsessed with basketball, um, but just the, just the, just, just how it was so well done also just, uh, it takes you down a road that you, that is, uh, is unknown because because of the world we live in uh mm-hmm. and so just showing a different side to some to something that is usually seen one way uh is what makes this uh doc so great because uh, we are a culture obsessed with uh um you know with just making it in some way especially if, and, and especially uh um for people for people who are you know growing up in growing up in uh Uh, underprivileged neighborhoods in chicago i can see this becoming even a you know a more unhealthy thing and and i think Mm -hmm. also with sports it's not uh seen enough as like a negative uh a negative thing and that's the way um, it's framed in this movie um yeah, and 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 what's crazy, especially crazy about is how at the end they're just like, yeah, I don't know if I would have played basketball if <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. I could go back. And you know, after all of the um, all of the footage of them talking about their dreams and just the commitment and the surgeries and uh, how crazy uh, that one coach is, uh, yeah. just all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that coach is you know trying to like make. Yeah, make the one kid the new Isaiah he, Thomas. He's chasing
1: yeah. the fact that he created Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's become like obsessed with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, It's really, yeah, it's just really interesting and yeah, sad to just see like, uh, yeah. It was, I don't know. At the end, when you know the one, yeah, he's like, I don't know if I would have played basketball, and he's just yeah. Like, it's because they, yeah, they
1: they dedicated you know just so much time.
0: Yeah, it's like they put all their chips into uh yeah into doing this one thing that I really fell fell out of love with and yeah I mean part of it yeah it's like you said growing up in underprivileged communities and not you know and thinking like that's that's your only way out is just to be a famous basketball player or um also just like yeah our obsession with making it and like that's that's all there is you gotta you gotta make it you gotta hustle and make it when really that is like extremely uncommon that um you know people become these like uh i don't know these like super famous and wealthy yeah figures based where you
1: become the guy you know you can't all be the guy
0: yeah you can't just you know every so many people are passionate about basketball or whatever it is that it's yeah
1: just and how michael jordan just uh Influenced basketball to another level, like especially yeah. in where this takes place in the Chicago area. You know, it's just yeah. it raises the um, ambition for young people. Uh, it starts off with that dream, and then it's like how um, the the society and the people around you all um, also want you to be the next. Have these om- possibly uh, unrealistic expectations for you?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's where I I really liked it. I could have seen, you know, it was three hours. I could have seen way more of it. And yeah, and it's a documentary, but it also had like a very strong narrative yeah. throughout like these kids' yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the best documentaries I've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams. Now <laughs> we are on the lawyer segment of my movie bender,
0: the oh, the lawyer segment. Wow! So I watched
1: two lawyer films in a row. I watched The Firm with Tom Cruise, uh, directed by Sidney Pollock, <laughs> and then I watched The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves, Charlize Theron, and Al Ooh. Pacino. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh. I, I still have yet to see these.
1: Yeah, and and they're very different but both quality quality flicks in my opinion. They're mm. both kind of similar in how they're um the main actor, the main star, movie star is kind of joining this new law firm cuz they're like they they came from a small for smaller firm or actually in Tom Cruise's case in the firm he comes from Harvard Law and they're just like the most sought after uh, young uh, lawyer prodigies, basically in the country, and so in the firm is the firm takes a, is a much more a uh, realistic uh, f- more takes place in realism where this firm that uh, Tom Cruise joins is just doing all this shady stuff, mm-hmm. basically, uh, and then the FBI approached Tom Cruise and they force him to have to like give information and all that stuff and, you know, play both sides in the, in a way, be a double agent. And, and Tom Cruise then has to somehow uh, get out of this situation and uh, save himself and, you know, and, and that sort of thing kind of plays and play both sides. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. He like, what's funny is both films, they kind of fe- feature the same, opening where it's like they're checking out how impressive this new firm is and how much money they're going to be making they both have wives that they're like wow we're starting our new life now with this (laughs) firm and then both in both situations uh very shady things end up taking place and the devil's advocate ends up being um that al pacino is actually uh satan himself and there's all these actual horror elements like where uh charlize theron just sees like just i don't like a um i don't know just someone in front of her turn like one of the wives of one of the other lawyers in the firm turns into like a straight up just goblin or something with like a burnt face and you like just scares the (laughs) scares the hell out of you and 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 the movie builds this atmosphere where uh this world in New York City, this lawyer world is actually uh, like is actually Satan's Satan's kitchen or Hell's Kitchen or whatever you want to <laughs> call it. Um, and, and so it's really goofy for that um for that but it ends up like hitting home From I actually thought it was really well done like Al Pacino as the the devil is like really great like he's That sounds awesome. There's, there's a final <laughs> confrontation with like Keanu and Al Pacino as Keanu's going like so you're satan or whatever blah 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 and Al Pacino starts like yelling um in front of this giant fireplace and like the flames the light from the flames kind of bounce off of his face as he's going like can you, i don't know i don't even remember what he says but he's just yelling and it's just it's just such so great because well, he he really does just look like satan in that <laughs> in that moment and he has just these great lines where he's like i owned the 20th century and, and it's just it's <laughs> awesome it's awesome it's probably one of the great last roles that al pacino had uh for sure because mm-hmm. this was uh, 1997 um so yeah, I would recommend both the firm and the Devil's Advoc- Advocate. Um, I, I would say I I definitely like the Devil's Advocate more. Uh, but the firm is uh, also also pretty
0: great. Nice. Yeah, I haven't. I've always seen Devil Advocate like on Devil's Advocate on Netflix, but never actually just gotten around to watching it. But yeah, I didn't realize that Al Pacino plays Satan in that. So that yeah. That makes me want to watch it so much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, and it's not even like a metaphor. It's just like straight up.
0: <laughs> He's literally safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Nice. All right. So then we're, we're back to the rom-com genre. Back to the rom-com train. Uh, and back to uh, very actual quality uh, rom-coms. Uh, this is not. How do you know? This is not uh, Spanglish. This is. Uh, this is not. What's another one I talked about? This is not. You've uh, got mail. You've got mail. Yeah. This <laughs> is. Uh, this is sleeping with other people with Allison Brie <laughs> oh. and Jason Sudeikis. Um, we've talked about uh, my Netflix list a lot on this yes. and how I've been trying to knock them off and sleeping with other people is one that has been on my Netflix list probably since its birth for like (laughs) just, and I haven't watched it. I just keep putting off watching it. And actually I didn't think, I just thought it was going to be one of those really Oh, That's kind of, kind of good. I kind of like these people, that sort of thing. Mm Um, uh, kind of like going the distance, but actually sleeping with other people is a, very quality movie i would i would say uh a lot better than i thought it was going to be um not and it's not just because it has sudeikis and allison brie and adam scott in the film uh but it, it i don't know it just has a lot uh of depth um in the characters and also great writing and uh it's very well shot in it's not shot like other uh other rom-coms like how do you know for instance which is just the lighting is the same all the time and uh same thing with uh spanglish where it's always just very bright Mm -hmm. um and this actually has a more realistic look and there's a uh the streets of new york always look very cool and uh there's a lot of depth of field to the photography and all that stuff and so that was very surprising too um yeah i just didn't i just didn't expect this one to be as quality of a film as it was so uh i ended up uh just yeah i highly recommend sleeping with other people which uh more so sounds like it's going to be a (laughs) a friends with benefits or a uh um what's the other one uh friends with benefits and
0: no strings attached no strings attached yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) they should literally just make one of those one called fuck buddies at a certain point (laughs)
0: fuck buddies (laughs) yeah you heard it here first luke recommends sleeping with other people (laughs) yes the movie the movie yeah the movie (laughs) (laughs) that is a great cast though i yeah yeah, uh, this is one that I've uh, seen scrolling through Netflix too, but never, never watched. It's, uh, yeah. also,
1: it's produced by like Sidney Kimmel Entertainment Group. And it's also produced by like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. So yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Nice. But you don't feel like that. It's very big. It almost, it feels more like an, almost more like an indie, an mm-hmm. indie movie. Hmm. All right. My next film is a crazy one. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so because uh, Charlie Kaufman just released a movie mm. um, called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, yes. uh, which I really want to see. It's supposed to be really good. Same. And uh, I usually do like Charlie Kaufman. I, I, love, uh, I love adaptation and uh, being John Malkovich and... Um,
0: uh Eternal sun, uh, Eternal, yeah, Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine. <laughs> I always just for, so I forget many.
1: titles so easily <laughs> There's like, so clearly. many boopy titles just, out there. Yeah, I'm always like uh <laughs> um and I also don't know how to totally 100% say this title but I've watched Cine Cinodoki New York.
0: I think it's Synecdoche
1: Synecdoche Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> like I've,
0: I've just because I've heard it before. I've Synecdoche. Heard, yeah, uh, heard his of his
1: directorial Synecdoche. debut. All right. Yeah. And it stars Philip Hoffman, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, Michelle Williams, Katherine uh, Keener, uh, and uh, Emily Watson. And th- yeah, this movie is just—it's just so crazy. Uh, like his other films. And it's one of those where it starts off, like the first half, half of the film is one of those where it's like, you know, a lose. He's like a kind of a just really sad, depressed um, theater director and has a horrible marriage with Katherine Keener where they're just totally not into each other anymore. Um, and it just becomes so much more than you could ever think uh he it's like philip hoffman basically just ends up uh directing a play about his life when katherine keener uh goes out of out of town with uh his with uh their daughter son whatever (laughs) and he, (laughs) he ends up directing a play about his life and that play essentially uh to put it simply uh, ends up becoming his reality and it's yeah, it's just so mind bending uh, what this movie becomes. Uh, The film ends up like really creating a, a New York like set in this giant building. (laughs) Uh, So from a set design standpoint, this movie is nuts.
0: Wow. Dang. Yeah. Signetsky New York is one of those I've heard Lots of weird things about, but I don't fully know how to grasp. Um, yeah, and I've been I've been hoping to see that before I watch. I'm thinking of any things, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely have to see both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: don't. Uh, I don't know how else to get into it without giving things away. But mm-hmm. highly recommended. It. It's. Uh, it's just one of those.
0: Wow. Well. Then you can't go wrong with Philip Seymour Hoffman.
1: Well, yeah, and if you're if you're trying P. to rattle off his filmography at the same time, it's just another crazy film he did, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. and one of his uh, best performances, I would say as well. Awesome. All right. My next movie. All right, uh, taking it down a notch. Uh, <laughs> my next movie is uh, House Sitter with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mainly am bringing this up just because I know it's something mm. that probably you would watch. Yep. I don't think a lot of people would actually watch this film.
0: This is definitely on my – you watch this on HBO, right? Yeah, HBO Max. Yeah. yeah, this is on my, my HBO Max list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people our age would not watch this. But no, I had, definitely not. I know you would watch something like this, so I was like, alright, I should I should bring this up.
0: Yeah, Steve Martin, Frank Oz. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a weird film. Uh yeah, Frank. Frank Oz loves like the the like lying lion cinema, you know, like just creating a whole like fake existence like that sort of thing which i actually mm-hmm. like like as i talked about in our uh catch me if you can episode i i, I do like uh that sort of thing mm-hmm. um so in this film uh goldie hahn uh basically meets steve martin one night uh at a bar and <laughs> <laughs> who plays Newton Davis, an architect, and they bang and then goldie here overhears the fact that Steve Martin uh built this whole house for him and his fiat uh, and his girlfriend, and then he proposes to her, and he the, she rejects him as he proposes to her, so what Goldie decides to do is go find the house and which he you know Steve martin's not living in he's still in his apartment in uh uh i probably new york (laughs) and (laughs) and goldie just kind of moves in to the house and the she ends up meeting like everyone steve martin knows in the town and she's like oh uh yeah i'm his wife <laughs> and she gets all of this like free stuff just because she's steve martin's wife and she ends up furnishing the entire house and moving in um and steve martin just comes by one day to like check on the house because he's trying to sell it and he goes like what are you doing here <laughs> And then, you know, there's the big reveal where he's like, you've been telling everyone you're my wife. (laughs) And so then they just keep this thing going, going for some reason. Steve Martin goes along with it. Uh, Well, he mainly goes along with it because his uh, his old ex-girlfriend now finds him very desirable
0: (laughs) because of
1: of this. And she's always hanging around, which is really weird. Um, she's like going like wow you ha- guys have a really interesting relationship <laughs> and then his parents are like wow newton you're finally getting married i can't believe it um yeah this is the weirdest yeah, film man that sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest film but um i didn't hate it but it, it is mm. it's uh, yeah i would not say this is a good movie that's for sure but it's almost crazy how uh, far it goes. I think.
0: Wow, yeah, it's it's on my list because, I, uh, I feel like it's just one of those Steve Martin movies from the '90s. That's it's not very good, but it's still like an enjoyable enough watch.
1: Yeah, you I know, would say this borderlines line this borderlines for some people probably unwatchable. <laughs> um, I think you might enjoy it though.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I might. Yeah, I agree. Uh I'm still going to I'm still going to check it out. <laughs> you sold me on it. <laughs> it's
1: really strange, so I think for that it's uh it's worth it. For sure. Nice. And I, all right, I can I can talk about one more uh real quick um I don't even know if I could talk about this quickly, but it's a movie called <laughs> Best Laid Plans. Um, With Reese Witherspoon and Josh Brolin, in, made in 1999. I've never and heard of this. The reason why I watched this is because, as I said before, I really liked the movie Ocean's Eleven. And the guy, Ted Griffin, who wrote Ocean's Eleven, uh, wrote this movie, so I wanted to see I what know. else he did. Uh, so this movie uh, is... Rich, successful Bryce meets beautiful, who's actually played by. Uh, do you remember the character of uh, Billy in Jer- Jurassic Park Three? Uh, he like has hmm. the bag with the eggs in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that he's basically the star of this film, and he plays uh Br- Bryce. He meets beautiful. Wait, actually, no wait, no wait. Bryce is Josh Brolin, <laughs> so never mind.
0: <laughs> Oh, is, he, is it uh, Alessandro Nivola?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he meets beautiful Lissa at a bar one night and invites her back to his house, not suspecting for a moment that Lissa isn't already who she seems. What unfolds next is a dangerous tangled web of double crosses and seduction. Uh, so Ooh. basically, so this film opens up and all of a sudden, and Josh Brolin kind of takes Reese Witherspoon home and then he's calling uh alessandro (laughs) to (laughs) he's going like uh he's like dude she's accusing me of raping her what am i gonna do (laughs) and he's like we gotta do something about this and then he's like i'm gonna and he's like i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go scare her and then he goes over to reese and he's like were fucked and it's like duh and the movie goes into this whole flashbacks um sequence it's kind of you know this is one of those uh this is one of those uh non-linear movies uh john kind of of like a quentin tarantino movie um yeah uh there's this funny line and the other guys um uh who's that actor the guy who plays the he's a director, the British director.
0: Oh, uh Steve Coogan?
1: Yeah, Steve Coogan yeah. he goes yeah. like I think to tell this story it'd be easiest to uh start at the end, then go back <laughs> to the beginning and go through the middle and then keep coming back to the end. <laughs> and it's kinda like they're like making fun of uh uh, movies like that you know just movies that are, uh, tell their stories non-linearly because yeah. they find it uh effective for some reason uh but but best laid plans is one of those uh non-linear uh movies and Ooh. it and so then basically the movie kind of goes and shows why um the main character gets so desperate um to where they decide to frame josh brolin for basically rape um and so yeah this is uh, it's it's interesting uh, it's crazy just how how much uh they they yeah like, like it's it kind of plays on the moral center of like how much they are really fucking over josh brolin because they're later in the film especially he's just with well, how confused and overwhelmed he is it's just <laughs> it's so nuts and it makes it for an actually it's a very interesting thriller um and i would i would say worth watching
0: hmm. dang where did you watch it uh max they feel max man they've mm-hmm. got everything yeah i'm gonna add that to my list i've never heard of that one best laid plans
1: yeah and that would uh that's a wrap on uh my movie bender
0: wow what a what a movie bender for august and september yep yeah, and now we've got another month to look forward to. Who knows what we'll watch? <laughs> <laughs> who knows what could happen? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, wow, great Bender, and uh, yeah, I guess everybody remember to follow us on Instagram at Cinebums and like our Rogue Warfare post. Yep, for a chance make sure to win. To, yeah, you
1: better get your get your likes in on that Rogue Warfare post uh, if you if you want to watch it. Yeah. They're gonna go. They're gonna go like that.
0: They're gonna go fast, and and we're definitely gonna be talking about it. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that.